Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show, which is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello with me, Michael Normanson. Hello. So is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Well, yeah, as an experiment, we've decided to break off the propaganda slash match review bit of this podcast, and it's got its own separate show, which you will see in the feed just below this one. So if you want to listen to that, that's where you'll find it. That and all our podcasts are available to you ad-free with TSB Plus, our subscription package, which brings you the full square ball experience. You get a full digital sub to the magazine, all those podcasts, and that includes the match ball, early access to that, plus our subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball. You also get a daily email with all the essential Leeds United news that Moscow sends out that's called Propaganda. It goes hand-in-hand with our Propaganda podcast. Very good indeed. Uh, Cast your eyes on that TSB Plus package at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. So straight into the news then, and we start off with a little bit of news about our good selves. And a thank you to you if you voted for us because we won the FSA Award for Club Podcast of the Year on Friday morning, we found out. Wasn't the best time to to hit the booze to celebrate. And in typical Leeds United winning something during a pandemic fashion, it, it was... Not something we could celebrate in person or go get drunk in London, you know, gloat, smash the award in someone's face, you know, that kind of general, you know, really nicely United style behavior. You didn't smash it in someone's face, you smashed it on a f- the floor of a travel lodge. Yeah, well, nearly, nearly, I didn't quite make it. Oh, it was to the, the car park, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you don't know the story of this, we've been nominated every year for 10 years, so, um, which is cool in itself. And the first year that the awards were done in 2011, we won the award for Fanzine of the Year, which we won again in, in 2014. But the first year was a glass trophy that made it all the way around the many bars and pubs in London until we got to the taxi right by the hotel when things got a little bit out of hand for me and my my motor skills weren't well, quite... things didn't get... The, the, the trophy got out of your hand. My legs and my arms were not necessarily coordinated as I would have liked as I exited that taxi and I was trying to carry a trophy in a box that slipped from my grip and that's all. And I know you've forgiven me for it now 10 years on. You know that, do you? I hope. Yep. Keep hoping. Anyway, we have got another trophy now. This one is a glass slash metal hybrid. So there is glass involved in this one. So fingers crossed it makes it here in one piece. It has been posted to my house. So I will be in its... Uh, you, can at least, be, you can at least blame the courier. Oh, it arrived like this. Yeah, it's going to be in my care until I make it uh, here to the studio with it. But no, seriously, thank you. It means a lot. If you took the time to vote for us or supported us in any way, be it listening to the podcasts or subscribing to the mag to TSB Plus buy merch, all that stuff. Thank you so much. We weren't the only Leeds United nominations, though, so a shout-out to those other guys who were on the uh, on the slate as well. That was the other thing we missed out on, really. It could have been a proper 
Leeds away day with LUFC data was up for fan media of the year, but Ars blog got that for some reason. Uh, Phil Hayes, the athletic counts because I think he's the, he basically runs it, doesn't he? But they did win their thing. And I mean, um, we, do, we do do a podcast with them. So technically I think we can claim that trophy as ours. Maybe Phil will let us have a look at that one after you've broken ours. And then um, LUFC Trust were up for the uh, Lockdown Heroes, which went to the general pay-per-view cash being diverted to food banks movement, which they were a massive part of. They raised 60 grand as part of that. So they won, basically. So yeah, it was a shame that we couldn't all uh, go and party down in London together and um, and ruin everybody else's night. We did contribute to the food banks as well with the uh, the champ manager thing, so that's another another trophy for us. If they had any decency, they'd send us that one. A triple crown then. Yeah, more or less. I didn't expect to win three in one go, so yeah, it's cool. No, but seriously, thanks a million if you voted for us. We really, really appreciate it. We pretend these things don't matter until you actually win one and you realise how nice and warm and fuzzy it feels. All spiky and broken and shardy. Yeah, dangerous to children. Bielsa's done a thousand days. It's probably been the most enjoyable thousand days I can remember for quite some time and probably is right up there with my overall happiness as a Leeds fan. And that includes having witnessed the, the Wilkinson era from 88 to 92. I've had a jolly nice time. It's a strange landmark is a thousand days, isn't it? Because it, it certainly sounds like a lot, but it's not, it doesn't line up with calendars, does it? So it fits all seasons. So it feels a bit of an arbitrary line to have drawn, but it's a long time. It's only 999 nights. True, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that. Bloody hell. That puts a whole new slant on things, doesn't it? No, it's been great, hasn't it? But um, we have his replacement lined up. So cheers, Marcelo. Off you pop in the form of uh, Massimo Allegri. Massimiliano Allegri. Is that his Sunday name? What's his name? It seems a weird one, this. I mean, it's come from the uh, journalist of Takeovers past, Duncan Castles, who upset loads of people, didn't he? He upset Ken Bates, then he upset Leeds fans, he upset GFH. I think we upset him as well. We, we accused him of being a... Wasn't his qualification? He was a, a monkey doctor. <laughs> I think he'd written a PhD. Yeah, he'd written a PhD about monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah, and then diverted from that into football <laughs> journalism, and was yeah. I can't. What was his exact position during the GFH takeover? He was just generally he kept poking Leeds fans, saying, "Why aren't more Leeds fans doing X?" And we were like, well, it really had nothing to do with him. He was just being completely unhelpful throughout the whole thing, whilst clearly having the ear of certain uh, people who were involved. He's more, he's better known now for basically defending Jose Mourinho against absolutely everybody at Old Trafford, as if his entire, not just his career, but his life and happiness. And I think, I, I think he, actually, he actually took up residence inside his anus. By the looks of it, he clambered right up there and just resided there while Jose was at Old Trafford. I, I did get to the point with him where, after every defeat, I would check his Twitter account just to see what he was saying about <laughs> whose fault it was about Mourinho this week, trying to blame like Luke Shaw and stuff. It was it was absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, he seems to be reporting that we're looking at Allegri now. I mean, we've been linked with Allegri before, haven't we? When I think we were in the Championship, which seemed ridiculous because you can't get a world class manager in the Championship, can you? We were linked with him. I think. Radrizani knows him a bit or something, doesn't he? There's the Juventus link there anyway, but he, he wouldn't seem to be an obvious choice. Well, he's an obvious one to be on the list, and that's basically what this story is. There's nothing new in this. We all know, and even Marcelo Bielsa has referred to it himself, any club should have a list of managers lined up in case they need a new manager. And Radrizani has openly said, we have one. Bielsa has said, yeah, I'm not surprised they have one. And if you were drawing up that list, Allegri is out of work. He's got a strong track record. 
of course you're going to, and to follow Bielsa, we're going to be fishing in quite a distinguished pond and he's the kind of trout, <laughs> kind of a trout in a pond, can you? Can you not? I think they need fresher, they need more room to swim, I think. <laughs> can oh, any, any fish keepers, is that, that's what they call them, isn't it, fish keepers? You Any fish keepers let us know whether trouts can be in ponds. Yes, and whether they can manage Premier League football teams. If we were writing down the list, or if Victor Orta was writing down the list of who could take over for Marcelo Bielsa, you would put Allegri on it, I think, whether it's realistic or not. And they did say that we also had um, Pochettino before he got his job and that uh, Gui, I think it's pronounced. <laughs> That's right. Who are you talking about? The, uh, the, the fellow from Seville. So he's also mentioned here. So, yes, somebody's told Duncan Castles that we're, we might be looking at it. Or he's just, you know, he's, he's got the a word from somewhere. It's not particularly interesting. If Leeds United have to replace Marcelo Bielsa, they'll pick a new manager. Cheers, guys. That's some real insight there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Will we be picking a new keeper, though? There's the question. I don't mean the, uh, the lanky Frenchman. He's doing fine. I mean, the bandy-legged Spaniard. Uh, will he be on his way? He's going somewhere, according to his, or not going somewhere, or he might be going somewhere. I think he's going there slowly, because he says, I'm slow to go, because I believe in changes, and I wait. I mean, if he's on about coming off his line, not necessarily true, and I wait, and I endure, and I keep. That's true. He does. That is his his job description. But one day I get tired, and without saying anything, I leave. Which would be nice. Yeah. (laughs) I leave everything and leave. Believe me, that once I get tired... I won't come back again because I give everything before I leave. And that was in the wake of him obviously being unbenched against uh, West Ham, although he was back on the bench against Chelsea. So presumably his uh, his taxi did a 180 and dropped him off back at the ground. A reserve keeper just shouldn't be creating drama, should they? Particularly one who's already created enough. Just do your job on the bench. Shut up for a bit. If you have to be here, let's not hear from you. It is a funny one because there was then all the, there was all the uh, stramash afterwards on Instagram because LOSC Fanzone spoke to his agent who said, I don't think this is anything to do with Leeds United. So then they posted that on Instagram and then Casilla replied to them on Instagram saying that there are there are people with very boring lives. I've not said anything bad about the club or my situation. They, those were personal things, nothing to do with Leeds. And then LOSC Fanzone thought that that might be about them, that, that he was saying that they had boring lives, so they had to contact him. And he said that, no, it was not anything to do with you. It's just lead supporters in general are giving him a hard time and a lack of respect. And the thing that it comes back to really is where that crucial bit where he says, this was nothing. I have not said anything bad about the club or my situation. They are personal things and that his uh, agent was backing that as well. I don't know the exact meaning behind his post. I don't believe it is about Leeds United, so it is private and personal things. He's got 1.9 million <laughs> followers on Instagram, and I have, I don't know, a couple of thousand people on Instagram. I don't know who the fuck any of them are. They're all very welcome to follow me, and it's very nice that they might be interested in if I'm linking to somebody. But I'll never put some vague kind of like, oh, so I'm feeling so much trouble in my life. Because then you get 1.9 million people going, well, what, what do what you mean? Is yeah. like, don't want to talk about it. It doesn't work at that scale. You can do it if you if you're on a, a personal account that's maybe your friends and family. If there's like people that you 
you know who are going to respond that you, who are going to come back to you and yeah, say but, oh but that's, irri- right? that's irritating enough Moscow yeah, any, but, any form of vague booking like that just it's part of the reason why I've binned off Facebook because of twats like that but it, it can work some people if they feel the need to if they, they can't directly address their, their problems if they want to put something out there that they're not feeling good they've got a personal problem and do it in a, a, an environment where they're comfortable with the people who may reply and may be able to help 1.9 million people is not the place to go to with your I get tired and I endure, but one day, and they'll, don't ask me what it's about. It's Check, personal. And, checks into the hospital with just a sad face. And, don't, and, and how dare people, those 1.9 million people looking at that, assume that this had anything to do with football? How dare they? Show some respect to Kiko Casilla when he's posting private things on Instagram. <laughs> For his 1.9 million And followers. don't assume that they have anything to do with the only reason that you follow him, because you follow his him as a footballer. It just, it's, I, I, was, I was wondering about this because it felt like Real Madrid behaviour. I think it's more in tune with what you would expect from a player at the top of the, the game, like those elite levels where this, it seems like that's more prevalent there. And having 1.9 million followers is entirely due to him having sat on the bench at Real Madrid. We, we tend to dismiss that. And be like, oh, well, he just sat there and he got his medals, medals for nothing. But if you... We're talking about Chupo Moting on the propaganda show. He was infinitely more famous for having played for Paris Saint-Germain and Bayern Munich than whoever starts up front for Stoke now or plays up front for Tottenham. No, because Harry Kane plays up front for Tottenham. (laughs) When it was Chris Armstrong up front for Tottenham, more famous than Chris Armstrong. But it it takes you to that level. And I was thinking about, um, for some reason, all these thoughts took me to Robbie Fowler turning up at Leeds. Because he was the one player, the other players who were there before always kind of talk without picking him out, say, well, we signed one or two players who didn't quite fit in with the rest of the squad or get what we were about because everybody else had kind of grown up together or had signed before the Champions League stuff. And it wasn't Seth Johnson. I don't think Seth Johnson particularly came into Leeds with an, an attitude. So they must mean Robbie Fowler, who was England's Robbie Fowler, Liverpool's spice boy. He'd been to cup finals, European football, and coming to, to Leeds was a step down. And Kiko Casilla coming to Leeds in a way is a step down. And I think he's still brought this kind of Real Madrid sense of him where, of course, you, everybody in the, the dressing room at the end of the game goes in the, and like straight on building their personal brands out there onto their 1.9 million followers. And that's, that's the world they kind of exist in. And I'm not sure. It's just one of those other ways in which I don't think Kiko Casilla is necessarily compatible with Leeds United Football Club as a whole. Well, Phil Hay tweeted in the wake of this, suggesting that he's one of the uh, players that the club will be looking to offload in the summer, which I guess we're all just fine with. It's just, regardless of what you believe with the whole Jonathan Leco incident, the facts remain that he was found guilty. There's been no apology. The club didn't come out of it looking great. It's probably best if he just went, quite apart from his lack of goalkeeping ability. He wants to go. Of course he does. He doesn't want to be here, does he? He's, I don't think his family live over here either. So he's stuck in a town he doesn't want to be in during a pandemic not playing football it's only because he earns an absolute fortune he's still here maybe we can watch him on youtube playing for the under 23s which i'm sure he will absolutely cherish as a memory and um, under 23s then to speak about them played newcastle quite a um a mature side for the under 23s we had Berardi in there cock was playing Perveda also started didn't he um all were all three of them taken off at half time is that right they were, yeah, I guess they're going to have some involvement in the Fulham game or certainly have a chance of being involved. 
Yeah, not like a typical under-23s performance, this, actually. We were under the cosh a bit in the second half, but we did win, and we're pretty much going to win the league now. We're 16 points clear of second, although for somehow they have three games in hand. But there's only four games left that we have to play. For so. us. So if we can win a, win a couple of them, we've, it's pretty much done. Done. Great. Who scored the goals? It was Gelhart and Cresswell with a lovely free header from a corner. Who scored for them? Christian Atsu, who is about... Bless you. <laughs> hey, oh, that's, that's that was a long setup. And, and Atsu, was, he must be about 30 as Bless well. Bless you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who's about 30? Newcastle's scorer. Newcastle's Ghanaian striker. And did you see um, Cresswell's turn? Out of trouble when a he double was, turn. Yeah, when he was carrying it out, and he so he turned the man, and then realised he had him and another player who'd come in to close him down, and he did that little spin on the ball. I did have an actual audible giggle watching that on YouTube. It's uh, it's quite fun watching the under twenty threes this year, and as I say, it wasn't as a classic performance, but that made it worth tuning in for. Fun enough that we should forget about Allegri and get Jacko in with the kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just just wondering because that list of. Uh, Future Leeds United managers, you know, Pochettino, Allegri, Mark Jackson. If Mark Jackson was one of Bielsa's own cohort, people would be talking about it. But because it's Mark Jackson, the guy who played in midfield with for George Graham, you kind of discount him, don't you? But you don't have to have you don't have to have been a great player to be a great manager. He's doing a good job, isn't he? International break after the Fulham game, which is great because we've got some internationals. Not sure about the wisdom of sending them here, there and everywhere whilst the, uh, the lockdown and the pandemic situation persists. But here we are, you know, we deal with it as it lies, don't we? Calvin is going to be in the England squad. We've got San Marino, Albania and Poland. I mean, why is San Marino playing games during a pandemic? They've lost. Just give the points to the other team. They're a waste of time. But there's a very real chance that he could face Mateusz Klick because he's in the Poland squad. So that'd be fun, wouldn't it, seeing Calvin against uh, Mateusz? I really, really hope we don't see them playing each other. I want them both to have a nice big rest. There's some talk of... Bamford getting into this England squad as well if he's fit enough because lots of other strikers are, are hurty. So if he can sort his hips out, then he, he might actually get his, his precious call up, which would be, I mean, as you say, I, I, I have a distinct lack of enthusiasm for this particular international break at this time, but if it gets... Your mouth isn't watering at the prospect of England against Albania? Again, it's who's going to come back and what will they have caught? Not from Albania specifically, but even just going to Wembley. Urente's made the Spain squad, Rodrigo hasn't, which means he's obviously finished um, and we should look to offload him immediately. Is that right? If we can get anything for him. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to get, what, a tenner back now these if, days? If we're lucky. It doesn't matter because we're signing Ethan Laidlaw, a striker from Hibs. He's come down on trial and uh, he's, what, about 16 years old or something? Yeah, I tried looking him up and I came across the Wikipedia for a, a dead actor. So, not him. He's, uh, there's already a library named after him at Leeds University, though, so that's that's good for him. I didn't expect that being just being a teenager. What an honour. We've also been linked to uh, Coop Miners, who's the one who's at um, AZ Alkmaar, isn't he, in the Netherlands, 23 years old, fits the bill. Interested. He's got a good YouTube highlights reel. <laughs> he has. And he is a central midfielder who can do some Calvin stuff if Calvin isn't available, or he can do click, stroke, foreshaw stuff. Yeah, we'll have him. Good. Patrick Van Aanholt from Palace is out of contract in the summer. He is 30, but we do need a left back, and he likes Bielsa. Because there was a tweet dug up today from a couple of years back of him uh, praising the great man. I've always liked Van Aanholt, I have to say. He was, he's always looked pretty good, but 30. But he's free as well. So have him as backup to Alioski once he signs his new five-year deal. We'll get on to the merits of uh, owners abroad in just a second or two, because Ken Bates has had a word. But first of all, um, the joy of having American owners and employing PR companies and having link-ups in the marketing sense with people like Rock Nation 
is that we are attracting are we attracting them or are we making them Leeds fans? I don't really know exactly uh, which side of the fence I'm on with this. We've got LL Cool J obviously recently um, signed up to the uh, Leeds United Supporters Club and uh, Eddie Rosario who is Puerto Rican and he plays what does he play? Is it rounders? That was the one. I did have to look this up to work out what sport it was. I was like, it's an American one. He certainly doesn't look American football-y. Far too, far too slim for that. Yeah, it's baseball. I mean, he's got, good. He's got some really sharp lines around his beard has been done well, and so has his eyebrow. It's, I mean, that's really, really sharp lines. He's an overly perfect-looking man, which is disturbing. Like I say, there's, not, there's no raggedy edges to his beard or hairline or eyebrows. It's like they've all been done with a ruler, which freaks me out slightly. I did speculate when we were talking about LL Cool J that we'd just been sending these boxes out with shirts in at random to anybody that they can think of. And I'm I'm starting to wonder if that has been the tactic. See who will put it on social. Yep, send them all out at once and see who actually bothers to open them and then doesn't just bin it straight away. And to be fair to uh, our friend Edwin here, he has (laughs) gone to the trouble of putting the shirt on, which I don't think LL Cool J did, did he? He just kind of filmed them on the ground or a table, and then that was that. Whereas Eddie's stuck the shirt on, got somebody else to take a photo of him wearing it and uh, and holding the box open. The thing that intrigues me with um, LL Cool J was the fact that he got a handwritten note from Ratrizzani, whereas uh, it doesn't look like Edwin Rosario has. Mm. Yes, let's, there's, there's let's read a lot into that. Maybe he took the note out. Yeah, it could, the note could have been in one of the other boxes because I assume they would have sent him a full set of uh, kits. That's why nobody can buy them in the club shop is because they're all being sent off to random baseball players. The away kits are reduced at the moment, actually. Maybe that's why we're sending them out. It's like the GFH Karma Gold kits when you got them free with absolutely everything you did at Leeds United. It was like, I'll have a drink and a free shirt with that. Everyone's like, fuck's sake. Do I have to? <laughs> but like with uh, Jackie Harrison and LL Cool J, there is some historical links here because Rosario, not only being named after the city in Argentina where Bielsa is from, but his, uh, his MLB debut was for the Minnesota Twins, who years ago tried to get Marching On Together going as their club song. We love you twins, twins, twins. Yeah. Still, still on YouTube, them yeah. For that. Yeah, it's still on YouTube, as Michael said. Yeah, it's worth... Uh, I was going to say it's worth looking up. It's not, is it? I think we absolutely tore it apart at the time. Yeah, I, that, as I that's on YouTube, and that's worth <laughs> listening to. But um, yeah, so he maybe he already knows the words to Marching On Together and just needs being taught them properly so that it's not about swinging about at a little ball. We've heard from Ken Bates, as I mentioned just before that little section there. Uh, he's done an interview with Mike McGrath. Uh, it was behind a paywall, but we will bring you it now so you don't have to pay. Um, can we hear from Ken what he's had to say? I mean, where to start with with this? I mean, the, this has come about because Leeds were playing Chelsea, obviously, and he's links to both teams. And I'll tell you where not to start, just in, for the sake of people's Good feelings. No, do actually. I know exactly what you're about to say. I think that's exactly where you should start and get it out of the way. Because the sec- the start of the second paragraph, which is just after the intro, and you go, oh, okay, Ken Bates interview, blah, blah. His wife, Susanna, picks up the phone initially as Ken Bates is having a massage. <laughs> that's not an image you want to kick off your article with, is it? That's the point where people stop reading. It's not the point where people... Oh, I think I'll read on. I want to know more about Ken Bates having a massage. Let's think, best case scenario, it could be a head massage. <laughs> Although they all dandruff falling onto his we, jacket. We've, we've all got the same image, and that's of Ken Bates laid naked face down on the table, haven't we? That, let's be honest about that. <laughs> or face up. <laughs> no, let's go for face down. Oh, God. 
And then the second thing I want to know is... He'd spread out a long way when he's laid down with Ken Bates. I reckon his arse would would go over the bed like a spilt bucket of custard. And the second image that springs to mind is the face of the poor creature who's running their hands over Ken's oily body. I mean, you get a booking, don't you? You turn up and, I guess, if you're a masseuse in Monaco, you probably don't know much about English football. You turn up and you think, oh, it's this, is it? It's this guy. (laughs) Anyway, he doesn't want um, foreign owners in the English game. Uh, which I think is good, isn't it? He's fighting for the English game, Is Ken. Doesn't want offshore owners. Um, doesn't want, presumably, people in tax havens owning uh, owning uh, football clubs. That's Monaco-based Ken Bates, who had us owned in, what was, it? was it Switzerland? Was it the Caribbean island of Nevis? Was it the British Virgin Islands? I do lose track. All of those, essentially. Yeah, it's, uh, the hypocrisy is so obvious that you wonder why the interviewer hasn't challenged any of these comments, but then... You read the line after the line, sorry to go back to it, but about Bates having a massage is the build-up to Mike McGrath saying, the line goes dead for what seems like an age, but when his gruff voice does finally bark a greeting, it's worth the wait. So it's not exactly the most uh, critically adept piece of interviewing in the world. It's much more, isn't Ken Bates funny? Let's just give him a call and see what great ideas the old bloke's got. Because I'll tell you what, English football misses characters like Ken Bates. What it's really lacking is daft old, and then I'll say a lot of libelous <laughs> things that are better kept for after he's dead. Well, maybe that isn't too far off because he's celebrating uh, quarter year birthdays now. Because he's got, he said to, to Mike McGrath, he's um, he's got an age he wants to live to, but he's not telling anyone what that is. But by the sounds of it, as a safety measure, he's celebrating his birthday every three months now. It's two hundred. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's it's gone a, a bit above what I was hoping for um, <laughs> at various stages. But here he still is. Yeah, it's the foreign owners. Just need him out. That's the problem. That's the problem with English football, which obviously he was at Chelsea, got them into a load of debt and was bailed out by a foreign owner. I mean, we can talk about Roman Abramovich coming in, whether or not someone like that is suitable to run an English club. His suitability isn't dependent on his uh, nationality, is it? No. And, And also, you could argue he's been a much better owner than Ken Bates because he's not got them to the brink of bankruptcy, as Ken Bates had done prior to Abramovich's takeover. So then he came to take over at Leeds, but I believe we were off, owned offshore at the, right at the start, weren't we? Based, a consortium based in Geneva was the first thing he took over with. Then we went into administration in 2007, and we were purchased by Forward Sports Fund. I mean, when we went into administration, we owed a lot of money to companies not based in Britain, didn't we? We did. Faceless corporate entities from abroad. Yeah, it turned out that um, all these companies were owed a lot of money by Leeds United and were all based in the British Virgin Islands, which is a tax haven, and were all um, only content for Leeds United to continue in business effectively if Ken Bates retained ownership after administration. All a remarkable coincidence, but all very much dependent on offshore ownership, which Ken Bates now thinks is bad. And also at the time, I mean, now, sorry, he's concerned that foreign owners mean people aren't paying enough tax. As part of that deal, he also wanted to give a penny in the pound to the tax man on the £7 million plus that we owed to them. So was, back, back then it wasn't as much of an issue for him that the tax man got his, his fair share. That was the, if you remember at the time, the massive problem was with the deal with um, Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, they they wanted a proper return on the, the millions of pounds that they were owed. And um, I, th- I can't remember which way around it was, but this, the press release that Leeds United issued on it said... I think it said Taxman 1, Leeds United 0, 
or vice versa. They were certainly setting it up as against Leeds United versus the tax man. Whereas now, apparently, um, everybody should be paying lots of tax or at least the required amount of tax. I may be jumping ahead slightly in the timeline here, but you know in 2011, Outro Limited was the company that bought out Forward Sports Fund and Outro were based in, in I think it's Nevis, but the internet seems to suggest it's it's Nevis. But uh, Nevis, Nevis has a population, Caribbean island, of, uh, of just 11,000. You know, give or take, the east stand lower. And it's described as the world's most secretive offshore haven. Which was a coincidence, I'm sure. Although that was when Bates, I mean, that is the more open bit of it because you forget in the intervening years when Ken Bates had been appointed chairman by anonymous investors so he didn't and he didn't know he, neither him nor Sean Harvey knew who they worked for did they? That's Sean Harvey who went on to run the EFL wasn't it? Yes and neither of them knew who they were working for at, for a period um, but then when it became a problem Ken Bates just bought it off them. Without ever knowing who they were. Correct really quickly as well. That's really trustworthy I mean you must be a really stand up guy if you're just going to you know Someone's going to trust you enough to just hand over millions without ever finding out who you are. Yeah, there was not much due diligence done, I don't think. He must have, I guess, he trusted him. Can we, uh, can we hear from Ken? That's why we're here, let's face it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of Ken in this. I can't read all of it. I think, actually, quite a good bit is, um, given the way the club now talks about Ellen Road and the stuff we've heard from our foreign owners about needing it all, the whole thing tearing down and rebuilding, Ken thinks it was good, Ellen Road, what he did to it. Right. We know to go in. You know, Road was falling apart. It's falling down. When we left it, it's been totally refurbished. We stand have been probably rebuilt. This container probably rebuilt. And we had a 38,000 capacity stadium. And it was a Premier League ground. Premier League team. Which isn't what we've been hearing recently, is it? No. Uh, the general vibe seems to be it's what I might describe as a shambles. <laughs> and it was a 38,000 capacity stadium until he put that extra row of executive boxes in and reduced the capacity. He seems to have forgotten about that. Can we just have Ken saying the bit there about Man United, please? Manchester United, owned by Americans. Liverpool, owned by other Americans, because there's more than one of them, you see. The first thing they said was that it reduced the Premier League by two clubs. Let those two resign. Get out of it. Nobody asked them to come. Go back to your own countries and pay some tax, like I do in Monaco. The great thing about English football, is you kick away in August, and also even what you did 20 years ago, whether that's opening an Irish bank or visiting um, visiting some, some some countries that you maybe shouldn't do, is there nothing to do with what you do today? The trouble is that the FA are very weak. I found out when I was on the FA Council and the FA Board, they should have introduced rules preventing foreign ownership of football clubs. So Ken was on the FA Council and the FA Board. They were so weak, they, they only kicked him off. Although they did let him try and run the Wembley project. Um, that was his downfall, that the cost overruns of uh, of building a new Wembley were basically all entirely his fault and they had to get rid of him. The contradictions of Ken as well, basically saying that starts off by saying that these people have come in and are trying to push the Football League around and the, the Premier League around and get it all their own way. Yeah, later in the same article, he goes on to talk about his rolling the Premier League, selling the TV rights to Sky, which he admits was done behind the establishment's back. So the establishment now not strong enough, then when it was to his advantage to go behind its back, it was the right thing to do. But he does say what you did 20 years ago has nothing to do with what you do today. So thanks, Ken. Thanks for your candor. I think there is a there's a crucial line in this that kind of has gone under the radar a little bit, but tells us a lot about Ken Bates' sort of current 
lifestyle and state of mind quite apart from the massage but when he says he uh, about looking at old teams uh, results ahead of Leeds versus Chelsea he said uh, I'd like them both to win and get three points they've been great rivals if they stick to football it'll be a great afternoon I always look out for Chelsea and Leeds results then after I've had another drink I look for Oldham Wigan and Partick Thistle I don't know what time of the morning that is but I think it's relevant to Bates's state of mind <laughs> We'll be speaking to Phil Hay later on this week on the Phil Hay Show, the podcast that we do with The Athletic. In the meantime, if you want to catch up with the stuff that he's been writing about, really good interview with Robbie Gotts on The Athletic this week with loads of interesting stuff from him on Marcelo Bielsa and a look at who would fit when Leeds go looking for cover for Phillips. Presumably not Robbie Gotts then. (laughs) Poor Robbie. He did some good bench sitting for us, didn't he? Bless him. There's still hope, Robbie. Keep trying. So you get all the best team of football writers around and sports writers from around the globe on The Athletic. And if you want to sign up, there's a dead good offer on at theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. It's a pound a month there. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Fulham on Friday and the final chance for us to win in London this season, which we will do. Let me lay my prediction out for you right now. That one is in the bag. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. The only thing against it is the location. Otherwise, we'd absolutely smack these all over the park. It's just London. It's become a problem. It's it's amazing how Leeds fans in their twisted worldview have now viewed Lon- uh, Fulham sorry, as the new bloody Brazil 1970, haven't they? saying that they're on a dead good run. They're not. They just won a couple of games, that's all. Uh, they're still a, a bad football team. Yeah, I mean, they've hardly won all season, have they? That's why they are where they are. That's why they're below an absolutely abject Newcastle team. We should win this, but in truth, a point is probably enough to just keep us clear of them and 
keep it ticking over. Just keep it ticking yeah, over. I think if I think if we get a point from them, then the gap will probably stay exactly the same. Correct. So we should do that with one fewer game then. Yeah, yeah. That's one one thing. But beating them, that means we'd be three points further ahead of them. Probably with a, a an improved goal difference as well. Probably. You can't say for certain, can you? What we want to avoid is losing because that would bring Fulham three points closer to us mm-hmm. and also probably it would shift the goal difference further towards them than it currently is. So three possible outcomes. Well, that's uh, certainly put the cat among the pigeons, Moscow. Thanks for that comprehensive roundup of the implications of Friday's game. Why won't we win? There's no reason why we shouldn't win. We've got Rafinha now. We didn't have him last time. Because Fulham, according to whoscored.com, are aggressive and they take long shots. I don't know if they take aggressive long shots. Kick the ball, go, fucking get in, fucking have that, fucking save that one, fucking 35 yarders. They're good at protecting the lead as well. That is their only strength, according to whoscored.com, which, bear in mind, they've hardly won this season. means that, I guess, when they, they have taken once. when they have taken the lead, they've managed to hold on to it, but they don't do that very often. They're very weak at finishing scoring chances, which is bizarre for a team that's got Mitrovic in it, but they don't seem to really fancy him too much at this level. And I know the end of last season, Scotty Porker was starting to kind of get him out of the team, wasn't he? And they're also very weak at defending against through ball attacks. So if it's a Rodrigo and Roberts playing in the attacking positions, I predict a goal feast for the pair of them. A hat-trick each with an assist, three assists each as well on those. Great. What if Bamford is injured then? Does that weaken us? Well, Moscow said we're going to score six. I mean, so, yeah, but that's the- yeah, if he was playing, though, we'd get nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems unlikely we'll probably, probably score six, I think. Let's be, let's be honest. Moscow? Yeah, that's the realistic. Sticking with it, you're sticking with it. I mean, we're fine. If Bamford's out, we've got we've got Rodrigo fit-ish now, haven't we? He can play a half. That 4-3 earlier in the season was a bit of a weird weird one, wasn't it? We were just finding our feet in the Premier League then. It feels like we've bedded in more now. You see, we were finding our feet. We were falling up and pissing ourselves laughing at how easy the Premier League was. And then we let them score twice and it became a, a typical edgy League United win. But we've since proved we are much better than them. Let's just, let's please win. We will, we will. Why are you so nervous about it? I'm not nervous as such, because I think even if they even if they do win, we're, we're probably fine, aren't we? But uh, I don't know. It'd be nice to just... I feel like if we beat them, we can leave behind our championship pass to an extent, because it's this point last year we were fighting out with West Brom and Fulham, and we need to just let them do the relegation battles from this point on. Well, I think we are doing. I mean, West, West Brom are, uh, are definitely gone, aren't they? But we can, we can worry about other mid-table teams next year. It feels like we've still got a bit of the championship in us when it comes to Fulham and West Brom and those little rivalries that were there, and I don't want them anymore. We do need to keep Fulham in the box to an extent. Scott Parker's got his... Um, his the one thing that he's really got going for him, apart from his looks, is his... Um, he, he likes to meddle with his team to face the opposition, so we know there'll be some kind of clever Parker plan that you can trot out to say about how he's uh, dealing with Leeds United. And I was interested in what they did against Manchester City because it seemed a little bit like what Leeds do because he said uh, the plan for Ash was to go man for man in midfield. Mary Poppins. Four players designated to really reduce the options Man City possess. And he revisited a bit of a theme that he used to bang on about with them. Bielsa's Leeds United, they're incredibly well coached. You'll often see the same movements and the patterns. I ask the four midfielders to be brave, which you have to be when you go man for man. I want to nullify the fluidity of that play. I thought 
worked very well. But it's he's obsessed with this idea that <laughs> they're what it, it worked very they're, very. They're play. Uh, they're play. Yeah, <laughs> they they play very well. They're very brave. It, he seems obsessed with this idea that well coached teams are somehow easier to read because they do the same things. They have movements and patterns. That is but what it, coaching is, isn't it? Well, this is it. You can't sort of use that as a criticism or as an opportunity against Manchester City. Well, all they do is the same thing. I mean, everybody knows they love that cutback from the byline and they just stick it in. They score goal after goal like that. Oh, yeah, well, we've spotted, seen that coming a mile off. It, I mean, they only they scored seven, but we worked on it in training all week. It's scripted patterns. It's all, and it's, it's, I don't know if maybe Scotty Parker, instead of relying on this idea that he can build plans to stop other teams, maybe he could coach a team to have its own plan, that they could be then the ones with the scripted patterns instead of just sending them out there and then all just going like, ah, don't know what we're doing. Do you want me to pass to him? Nah, do you want? He's doing that classic thing of making the whole thing sound a lot more complicated than it possibly is in a bid to uh, blind people to his shortcomings. I think as well, he has underachieved at Fulham. They, the squad they had, they should have got out of the league quite easily last season. And they've signed a lot of players in summer as well. I think a, a decent manager would have them out of the bottom three at the moment. I agree. Well, he may well yet get them out of the bottom three, but um, they should be somewhere clear of it, shouldn't they, given the dross that's in this division? I was going to say, given Steve Bruce is above him, that's inexcusable. I'm going for the away win. We'll be in Maroon on Friday. I can feel a nice away win coming on. Rafinha inspired. It's his time to shine again. Tyler Roberts to score off his ass. It's the only way it's going to happen. Someone's going to kick it at him. There'll still be somebody else offside and it'll get ruled out. He'll do a, a nutmeg rabona just to copy Lamella, but somebody will be, Pat Bamford will have gone down injured again next to the goalpost. What are you going for with this one then? 1 0 Tyler Roberts. I'm sticking with me six, three each. If you haven't yet got a will, get yourself one sorted right now through Levi Solicitors. Now is the time to act. Uh, the last 12 months have brought into sharp relief the need to get affairs in order and having a will is part and parcel of that, particularly if you are a homeowner, you have family as well. Make sure everything is sorted out when it comes to your future planning. An expert team waits for you at Levi's with outstanding levels of service that will look after you good and proper. 10% off as well if you go through us. So head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Heroes and villains, now then the good and the bad from the last seven days. First, the Ken Bates Villainy Award, named after Ken Bates, who might just feature this week. I mean, technically under the rules, historically, he, was, he wasn't allowed a nomination, but we might want to bend the regulations. Do we want to... He always got a nomination. He was never allowed to win. That was... Ah, oh, that was... Yeah, I've forgotten. The passing of time has ruined my memory of the, the feature. We only stopped doing that about two months ago. <laughs> it's been a struggle. Right, anyway, nominations for this week. And again, we threw this open to the TSB Plus subscribers on the feedback. Uh, feedback form and Todd G and Nathan want to start off with Sheffield United uh, for sacking Chris Wilde. A couple of reasons saying for removing a good laugh, says Todd, uh, which robs us of his passive aggressive weird stances on Leeds and Bielsa. Very true. I think it's a heroic move. What could be more futile and yet noble perhaps than removing Chris Wilder at this point and, and giving the rest of the season to Paul Heckenbottom? Why? Why? The more I think about it, the less sense it makes. They're still in the FA Cup. I know they're playing Chelsea next and that won't be easy, but you'd think even if the team is getting relegated, Chris Wilder, I could imagine him there saying, look, the league has gone. The league's gone. We've all had a drink. Chelsea, beat them, semi-final. 
win that. Wembley, great day out. Fans back, FA Cup. History, win it. Legends. And there's a there's a path there. Imagine, like Chris Wilder could have got that team up. Billy Sharp, <laughs> Billy Sharp scoring the winning goal in an FA Cup final for Sheffield United with Chris Wilder at the helm is possible. And then them getting relegated is, is by the by. Paul Heckingbottom, even getting, I'm not even sure he's going to be able to hand his team sheet in against Chelsea without fucking it up. So the idea it's of them... It's a off to a good start, though. The idea of them winning that or getting anywhere, and what is he supposed to be doing for that? We know he was at the... Uh, he came to Leeds to take over from Thomas Christensen and part of his remit, what he kept saying, well, I'm here, I've got to uh, get him ready for next year. <laughs> I don't know what Paul <laughs> I've just got no idea where, where the accent is coming from. It was a bit. We, that was Johnny Woodgate, I think you were doing that. But it was all about um, next city. I've got to get him ready. For, okay. I'm stuck in Woodgate land about getting those ready for next season. He's like, I'm taught. I'm, you know, we're we're looking ahead to next year. Yeah, he I was don't. actually brought in to get us into the playoffs, but then when that quickly went west, and he was like, well, we're looking for. It's all about the work in the summer and rebuilding this team for promotion next year. And his grand plan was Yadam from Barnsley. <laughs> And Barnsley are quite good now, so I don't know if you'll be sitting there in in the big meetings now with their new director of football going, uh, I don't know if you've had a look at uh, Alex Mort, he's, uh, but he's doing very well in his knee. Let's come back to Woodgate. Maybe um, if we bring him in. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's anyway, just absolutely to hilarious. Tie, to tie all this together, Nathan makes the point that, yeah, Billy Casper 1-0 masterclass in that game then, so we will definitely lose to them. No, no, no. We're going to ha- hammer them all over the park and then his, uh, his post-match interview will be killers and the whole thing is is much much funnier than if it was chris wilder there because we're going to have um the the pressure on that well not the pressure but the angle of the pre-match press conferences with bielsa will be well marcelo this uh paul heckenbottom preceded you in this job and now you're facing him this weekend and you watched every game that he managed of of leeds united before taking this job what are your views of paul heckenbottom's particular strengths as a coach (laughs) And you know Marcelo will have to come up with something positive. Well, I uh, I saw many virtues in his team that uh, that perhaps nobody else did because they were fucking terrible. I would have quite liked to have seen Chris Wilder's face, though, at the moment that Sheffield United's relegation was confirmed. I think that Still can. That's true, yeah. We, and, he we, has, and he has achieved it, hasn't he? No, no one can take this relegation away from him. He's, he's done it. Hecking bottom as well. Normally you get a new manager trying to put a bit of a positive spin on things, don't you? But he just basically came out after the game on the weekend and said, yeah, everyone's dead depressed and we're <laughs> completely fucked. Great, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely loving it. Com- managed 77 completed passes in the opposition half and one shot off target in the whole game. Good luck, fans. Leicester, I think, had 19 shots. <laughs> Different sport, isn't it? Um, on to the Chelsea game then. And Chris, who's one of your fellow Ponty residents, Michael said Chelsea just for being Chelsea. Anthony similar said Chelsea. They tried to make our beautiful football look boring. Losers is what they are. Yeah, I think Chelsea fans as well, just for hating the world quite as much as they do. Katie singled out Kevin Friend, uh, the referee. Were we getting bookings that maybe Chelsea didn't get at the weekend? In sort of, sort of seeming to think this was a theme over the last couple of weeks. And um, Dan Pratt actually mentions that we should have given more hammer to Kevin Friend. But it's boring though, isn't it? The whole referee. VAR, it's just, it gets tedious. Kevin Friend's quite interesting because his face looks like a space hopper face. And you don't get that with most other referees. I, I did notice him getting quite a bit of stick on Twitter and stuff. I didn't, I, he didn't stand out as being obviously bad. He, he gave a lot of soft free kicks to them, I thought. And it's just the way referees 
do it these days, isn't it? We're just jaded by the whole thing. I think the mo- I think you we just sort of are used to the fact that if players go down, they get free kicks for more or less anything. So I just I just sort of accept it as part of the deal. I do wonder if Bielsa not talking about referees mean we are less prone to doing it as well because we just we just are accepting we're it. We're too honest and we're too good. We're we're very we're very good people. That's what I'm saying. There was some um, shade thrown at. BT Sport, Pete Vickers. I mean, we didn't watch BT Sport, the build-up. We're trying to watch the build-up anymore on the telly because it just gets me angry. Pete Vickers singles out this weird Suggs and other Cockney tribute stuff, even though this was at Ellen Road. And uh, yeah, Lee Brown says, whoever decided to have madness do a segment about the history of Leeds versus Chelsea on BT Sport. Should have had the wedding present in for balance, shouldn't they? On to some of the uh, the characters within the game. Then Rudiger was uh, was picked out by Jim O. He's on cheat mode all the time. Yeah, he's quite good as Rudiger, isn't he? That is a bit unfair. Mendy also is getting nominated from uh, Birds in DC and Metti and uh, who else? Other people said Mendy just for being too good, which I think is fair. Yeah, Kante as well was picked out by Michael Hunter. So stop being good. It's kind of, we're giving them the opposite of uh, what the Chelsea fans we heard from. We're giving them, all these players are too good in their views, too shit. Maybe we should nominate them as heroes for being so good that they upset Chelsea fans. I don't know where. Chelsea fans, they, they move, when somebody moves the needle that far, as to now Kante is now a terrible footballer, it's very difficult then for you to adjust your opinions of them to suit what's going on. We obviously need to give a nomination for Ken Bates as well. Uh, We always struggled for reasons because he's obviously been out of our lives now for the best part of a decade. Part of the reason why we dropped him was because we could never find anything on him and then he pops up by a Mike McGrath talking nonsense. The sheer hypocrisy of the man has not faded, has it, with time? No, both Colin Shaw and Craig Robertson um, suggested the Telegraph and or Bates for that whole shebang. I mean, yeah, they shouldn't have spoken to him because he's not worth listening to. Fair point. You could say the same there of uh, Rio Ferdinand that Declan Gray um, picked out as well, trying to make a, a, a case for Melier having a lot to learn. Well, he does have a lot to learn because he's only 21 years old, which is kind of what happens. You You learn stuff as you get older and get more experience doing something. Timekeeping, for example, yeah. in Rio Ferdinand's case. Mm. Ability to urinate into a test tube. That sort of a thing. That's, a, that's an acquired skill, isn't it, as well? And we've had numerous uh, numerous nominations for Thomas Tuchel. Mike Parker suggests blaming the pitch. They simply didn't have enough to break us down, said Mike. Paul C said pitch, and Gareth Davis said whinging at Orter about kicking the ball out. Just being a bad sport. And Rowan, I think the, the best one was for looking like he has a cupboard full of children's shoes. <laughs> Goodness. From when he was collecting for, he's collecting for charity, I think, yeah, oh, It might have been when he, in his former life, he had a career when he was working in a, a shoe shop, wasn't he? He was a salesman for Clark's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's fine. Do you remember if, when he used to get... he was sacked uh, in mysterious circumstances. <laughs> Do you know when he used to get, um, Clark's did like a space team and I, I, there was a badge that had like really cool laser motifs and there was a big poster that turned into a game if you had the right, Clark's shoes. I don't remember that. We should just say that. Are you wearing them now? <laughs> I'm not wearing them. Just for the younger listener, Clark's was a specialist children's shoe fitting um, shop, wasn't it? It still exists. Does it? Yeah. Well, everyone buys stuff on the internet these days, don't they? Nobody goes, yeah, but, and what that might f- be where they sell them. I dare say Clark's, Clark's do have a website. No, but the whole, the whole thing with Clark's is, don't you remember going in there and you used to go in and there was a machine that measured your foot and you put your foot in it and it squashed your foot and it got you exactly what size you were. It got it right. And that's why I would always advocate going into Clark's in person. Possibly not if you're a grown-up. <laughs> Can I put my foot in the machine? <laughs> Just take your children. Because that was it, was to get fitted for new shoes every year. But Clark's... Are you talking about the, the manual measuring machine or the one that with the metal bits that used to move in and the out? Me- the metal bits. It was amazing, that wasn't it? Yeah. I was a slight fear it might just mangle your foot. 
which again was he was phased out under mysterious circumstances. That's that's not true. And it was all Thomas Tuchel's fault. Do we have a villain of the week? I know we can't ever give it to Ken Bates, but I feel like the Telegraph shouldn't get away with one interviewing him in the first place. Two, that line about nobody needs to know that Ken Bates was having a massage. Yeah, and for the fact they don't seem to have called him out on any of the ridiculous points he's made. It was as, it was about as insightful um, and rigorous an interview as when LUTV used to just fluff him. Go, Ken, what do you want to talk about this week? It was not Ken, it was Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman. <laughs> they may as well have got Ben Fry to do it. So I think for uh, for that, and it's the Telegraph who at the moment are trying to, um, they've just introduced that crazy idea of it, linking their journalists' pay to however many people view or read their articles. And um, I don't think that Ken Bates' interviews are necessarily the path to uh, to success and riches. Reading that was the one genuine annoyance related to Leeds United this week. The rest of it I can kind of deal with and brush off. But that, like you say, the hypocrisy, just it took me back 10, 12 years and thought, don't need this. On to the Andy Hughes Hero uh, of the Week Award. Moscow's just shown a picture of the Clark's badge that he was referring to before. Um, we could maybe give a badge out for Hero of the Week. No, that involves effort, doesn't it? No. <laughs> Who are we going to post? Are we going to send Mike McGrath of the Ter- Telegraph a, uh, a badge for being a villain and see, see how that goes? Um, so we've had a bunch of nominations for, for Tyler Roberts this week. Thank you to everybody who put forward his name. For, uh, but he needs a little bit of a leg up sometimes, doesn't he? He needs a little bit of love um, sending his way because he does come in for a lot of pelters. It would be nice for him to have one of his goals count. That would be good, just as a starting point. I think that would help. Starting on Friday. Let's do that on Friday. Let's do that on Friday. Well, three of his goals are going to count and three of his assists. Uh, Todd and Ben both singled out Sheffield United slash uh, Chris Wilder for uh, giving everybody a good laugh slash quitting at the uh, the perfect time. I mean, they are they seem now far more likely to drop down to League One again than come back to the Premier League with the way they're setting themselves up, which is about right. The thing is, I don't really mind Sheffield United, but I do think this is hysterical, so it's unlucky for them, really. Nick, sending some love towards uh, Calvin Phillips. Yeah, he was very, very good, wasn't he? Um, Craig Robertson as well, Calvin. Um, Lee Brown, loving um, Dallas. Anthony's in for, for Calvin Phillips. Some um, Yeah, some good performances, actually, when you reflect on it. Um, plenty to be pleased about. In that game, like I say I enjoyed it after the game had finished, as I said on the match ball, but didn't really enjoy it going through it. And I think Calvin as well for seeing it through because when he went down injured in the first minute, I think most people did think, "Oh no!" Straight away, we're going to have to start putting strike into a position we're not really keen on him being in, and it'd be a reshuffle at the back and Ailing moving in and Dallas moving out of position and everything changing. But when Phillips is there, it lets everyone stay where they should be. Quite a lot of love for Victor also this week as well. Um, Gareth and a bunch of others um, saying he's great as our one-man supporters club. Because my mate texted me this morning and said he, lo- he watched the highlights back, but it's without the artificial crowd noise and all you can hear is Alter just bellowing like a maniac in the stand. And uh, Yeah, he's great entertainment, isn't he? He does well, does Alter, because in a, an empty stadium, you've got to fulfil quite a few roles, haven't you? You've got to be supportive, but then you've also got to be giving a bit of aggro. And he does try to cover all bases, I think. So, well done. Not Leeds related, but, uh, well, tangentially it is, I guess. Jim um, points out that Sunderland made sure that the Nevilles only had the Pizza Cup for one day. You know, the Papa John's Trophy. They did the 2020 final, didn't they? The day before the 2021 <laughs> final. So Salford won it, pretend football club won it, and uh, only got to keep it for one day. They didn't even actually get to take the trophy out of the stadium. Do you know that? They sent them away with a replica, but the actual trophy itself doesn't go in- into their possession at all, which I love. It reminds me of winning something but then never really being able to take long-term possession of the trophy because somebody smashed it on the pavement. Terrible, terrible. Uh, Rory flagged the pitch this week, suggested it had a great 90 minutes. 
his best performance since it moved from North London. He didn't look any better, did it? But he did seem to be a bit less slippy. It upset Chelsea. I think that's the the point here, and I'm uh, I'm happy with its performance. The, our players, we saw obviously Liam Cooper was ill, so he didn't play, but he'd been um, flashing his studs on Instagram in the build up to the game. So our players, I think, are getting used to it and certainly weren't slipping around a lot. So if they get used to it and it's opposition teams don't like it, I say next season we keep it. Pascal Stroik got nominations as well from uh, from Michael, uh, amongst others. That's not you, Michael Hunter. Yeah, some good yeah, good performances, as we said. There's plenty of um, candidates in there for Man of the Match. Dan Pratt nominating Ailing as well, because Mount has been doing really well recently and he didn't get a sniff from Ailing on the weekend. And also... Well, you got the, we got the front crawl, though. We got the Ailing flop that evolved into the front crawl. I was going to say, Chris mentioned that one as well, for turning the, the flop into a crawl, which was quite a, a nice moment when he was kind of doing a dog impression, waddling about the pitch. So... He didn't get as many free kicks from his flops, did he, actually, at the weekend? Maybe that's why Kevin Friend deserves a deserves a nomination. It's the, it's the litmus test, isn't it? If you're not getting the alien flops, then um, you know the referee's a bastard. Um, is that everybody this week? Any nominations? Chilwell, just because he annoyed that Chelsea fan so much. Thank you for making a multi-million pound move to a club we hate. How much did they pay for him? 45 million or something, wasn't it? We'll have him. They don't want him. I think we could probably cope with Ben Chilwell at left-back when Alioski's injured. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. I would be absolutely fine. Alioski can have a, a nomination as hero as well for not getting sent off. He was, he was walking was, a very tight line. <laughs> right and, on the edge of that, was And to, to walk the line that much and then be able to turn and give the linesman more abuse and still not get sent off, it's absolutely... I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Who is it then this week? Who's your hero? I think Tyler Roberts. Deserved a goal, played really well, gets loaded of stick normally. I'd go along with that, obviously, since I've been sticking up for him for week after week after week. But uh, yes, good old Tyro, love him. And look forward to his goal against Fulham on Friday. Three goals. Three. And oh, three assists. Or for it all being his fault. It'll be one or the other, we do know that, don't we? Well, that wraps it up for this week. Don't forget to go back and have a listen to the propaganda show that we've uh, we've broken off as a little scientific experiment because we've been going too bloody long with these things. That is available for you ad-free along with all our podcasts on TSB+. Plus. Early access to the match ball, exclusive access to the Extra Ball as well, our subscriber-only podcast. There's loads of great stuff to get your teeth into on there. Full digital access to the mag and a daily email from Moscow with all the essential League United news at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.